In 2019, our theme is All In. We're talking about what that means for us to love the Lord our God with everything we have, with all we have. And we are endeavoring to uh, make this very practical and also take every part of what we're learning about God and help that to grow, help us to grow in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our theme verse for this this series and really for the year is Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. You should know it by now, but uh, I would ask that you'd read the red letters with me and I'll read the black. One of the teachers noticed of the law came and heard him debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. We've talked about what that means to be all in. The, the, The very first lesson we said was that being all in is a simple but not always easy matter of trust and obedience to the Lord in simple things and in little things and in big things. We have to trust and obey him. And we said that loving the Lord our God with all of our heart means that we must very uh, practically Whenever God moves our heart, we must move our lives. We must move our hands. We must move ourselves. We want to seek his heart and not our heart. And then last week we talked about loving God with all your mind. And we talked about how that means clearing out the field and being very uh, diligent in watching over what you allow to be planted within the field of your mind. So I'm curious, how did you do? How did you do this last week? Uh, with guarding your mind, with loving the Lord your God with all your mind. What did you watch this past week? What did you listen to? What did you allow to be continually planted? Was there anything that you said no to, to for yourself, for your family? You said, well, you know, I, I, I know I watch that, I listen to that all the time. I've seen that movie before. But, you know, it's just not something that needs to be planted in the field of my mind. So I'm going to turn that off. I'm going to stop watching that. I'm going to, I'm going to say no for, for myself and maybe for our family. I'd be curious to know if any of you took me up on that challenge. And if you did, I would encourage you to share your story. You can text me uh, there at that number and, and let me know how it went if you indeed took the challenge. Today we're talking about loving God with all our strength and what that means. Uh, before I talk about it, because I'm going to do a lot of talking, as you know, um, but before I talk about it, let me just show you loving the Lord your God with all your strength. Two five zero. Two five zero. How I love the great Redeemer who is doing so much for me. With the joy I tell the story. Of the love that makes me free Till my earthly life is ended I will sing songs above When these eyes of rest and sing For 
and more my soul shall be praising Jesus and this love is everything to me to me is everything to me and everything I will always be I will never cease to raise a song of glad and sing his praise. Here I live, the world above, my soul shall sing. I thank you, Lord, life and life, the joy is a precious breath I remember. That two-minute video says more in two minutes than I'll say in third. No, I'm still going to take my 30. Don't misunderstand. But that little boy's uh, I don't know the Church of Christ where that was. He's not even five years old. A couple of lessons. Number one. Using your strength is not a, just an adult lesson. It's not just for all of the 18 and older. It's also, there's not an age limit to it. You, you don't get to retire from the Lord's kingdom. You use your gift at any age, at any level, even at any level of spiritual maturity. It's that willingness to jump in and say, I will uh, practice using, if you have that gift and you have that ability, it's wonderful for you to use it. The second thing is using your strength to glorify the Lord not only encourages you, but it encourages others. Now, as you were watching the video, I was watching you and, and I was looking. I know there's some curmudgeons in the crowd that they are. It's hard for them to smile. And they were smiling. Why? Because they're encouraged to see a little boy using his gift for the glory of the Lord. It encouraged that little boy. You know after he was done and after that service was over, was on Wednesday night or Sunday night or whenever it was, he had a line of people saying, good job. We appreciate that. You, you want to keep that up. And, and you know he left that uh, worship or that devotional encouraged. But more than that, the people who were in the audience, left that encouraged. When you use your gift and your strength and the abilities that God has given you, it encourages you, but it encourages us as well. And it glorifies the Lord. You will. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. If you're following along one of the Pew Bibles, it will be on page 1000. 215. And we haven't mentioned that this morning, but if you're a guest with us this morning and you don't have a Bible of your own, you are welcome to take one of these Bibles. Uh, we also encourage our members, if you're doing a Bible study either on your own or with a group of people, feel free to help yourself to those. We refill those every week. Page 1215 in the Pew Bible, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8 says this. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul is sharing in this uh, the story of how God saved the world 
through Jesus Christ. And that's what the whole book of Romans is about. Now, I need to tell you this morning, I'm going to give you a, a certain group of you uh, an out this morning. If you are not a Christian, if you not have made the, the, the uh, deliberate, intentional, purposeful decision to confess him as Lord, to put sin behind you, to be buried with him in baptism, uh, if you haven't done those things, this lesson won't mean as much for you. In fact, I'm going to give you permission to just check out right now. That's only if you're not a follower of Jesus. And, and I want you to turn back six chapters to Romans chapter six, and you can read how Paul tells one the instru- very simple and understandable instructions on how to become a Christian. So you can uh, check out and turn to Romans chapter six. For the rest of you in Christ, you need to know that Romans chapter twelve is not only um, it, it's kind of this practical application part. Romans chapter 6 tells one how to become a Christian. Romans chapter 12 tells us how to remain a Christian, what that Christian walk looks like, what following Jesus looks like, and why that's important. So Romans chapter 12 is very practical, and he's talking here about the body of Christ. That's why I said if you're not in the body of Christ, it won't mean that much to you. But for those in the body of Christ, we can learn how to love God with all of our strength. And that's what we're going to talk about. The first lesson we learn from this, Romans chapter 12, is that your gifts are unique. We all have different gifts. Verse 6 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Each part and gift is different. There are some There are some gifts that are very public. I use a gift that's very public. Brent Groves uses a gift that's very public. The people who are speaking, those are public gifts. Now, those aren't any different. I mean, those aren't any better than private gifts. There are a lot of things that you didn't see happen, but the people had to be using their gifts and their strengths in order for this part to happen. Okay? So we got to understand that they're different. Some, Some are common. Uh, maybe everybody in this room might have that gift. Okay, uh, attendance is a is a strength, is a gift. Just being here, uh, that's something that everyone can do, and it's a, a simple but common gift. There are some that are a little more exclusive, some that are a little more distinctive. So not everybody has that gift. Uh, uh, people who uh, lead songs and lead prayers have to give thought to leading the worship process using their gifts not only to sing, but to not distract us, but to keep us focused on the Lord. That's not an always an easy thing to do. Or some are behind the scenes. I was thinking about our men that came out just a few minutes late this morning, and they were back behind there. They were literally behind the scenes, and as they come out, they're using, they're, they're, uh, using something within their strength, within their gifts, within their, their ability. The body of Christ is like this. We have many different parts, but all these parts are working together. Uh, Read Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5, if you're following along in the text, and pay attention to what he says about the gifts. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so though many, so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. 
This, this tells us very clearly, each member belongs to all the others. I belong to Ruth. Uh, Ruth belongs to Richard. Richard belongs to Penny. Uh, Penny belongs to Sam. We're, we're all interconnected in a, a strange, uh, not fully understandable way. Each member requires, each member needs all the others. Uh, if, if you consider your own body, okay, there are parts of your body that are out in public that are used every day, and without them, you, I mean, you just even dread thinking of it. Some of you know I had an eye injury a couple of years ago, and there was a moment after I had this surgery, and I woke up, and I, I didn't have my correction in my left eye, and my, my right eye was basically the one that had surgery was blind. It was very, very scary. We, we think about you know that with our more out, outer parts of the body. You probably don't give that much thought to your little toe until you're going through your living room and you just happen to kick your living room table with everything you've got. In that moment, you become Jackie Chan. The table leg becomes an assassin of your little toe. You think your little toe doesn't matter. Just wait and try it till you live without it. It hurts when you injure it. It hurts, and, it's, and you, you won't have the balance that you need. Your body won't be able to function like it would without the little toe. So all the parts need all the others. In the body of Christ, all the gifts need each other. Uh, just this hour, just to make this hour happen, people use their gifts to greet people and seat people and lead worship and prepare communion and organize servers and serve communion and give brief talks and project the slides and handle the live streaming and run the sound and tech and operate the cameras and pray and that's just for an hour that doesn't even touch really the 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 that's just the the hem of the garment in terms of body life within the family at Northside but you see, it just takes all those people being willing and able and using their gifts to make it happen. All of that happened because some parts willingly took part. Now, there's a couple of dangers here when we talk about using our gifts and using them within the body. One, the danger of thinking that your gift matters or your strength matters than all the others, especially if you're a public part. You think, well, you know, put me up for mm you know, that's not how it works. Okay, And if, if you have that mindset, you've got the wrong mindset. The other extreme of that is thinking that your part doesn't matter at all, that you don't have any part to play. In other words, if you just come for an hour and you sit and you listen and you absorb, but that's all you do, uh, you're not using your part. You're not exercising your strength. You're not using making use of the gift that God gave you. I may not think that running the soundboard is important, but if I could do a talk, we understand how important that is. Now, this is David Earl's dream. But when we use our gifts, we help all the other parts to use their gifts. So even if you think your part is doesn't matter, you just try trying to have the body of Christ without it. I can't do my part without other people doing their part. We understand that. 
And, and every part matters, and each part depends on all the others. Okay, second thing we learned is this. Your gifts are from God. We have to consider the source. If you're following along in your Bible, and I hope that you are, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're, I'm going to look at verse, uh, starting verse 4 and following. This is on page 1,229 of the Pew Bible. Now... The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he says this. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each person is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Consider that you, the gift that God gave you is not for your glory. It's for his glory. But it's also for the common good of the body of Christ. For to me is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. We, we, do, we just understand that, that the Spirit manifests himself within those who are following Jesus. And that looks different from person to person. The gifts that God gave you are from him. And so really, this becomes a stewardship issue. And James talked about this when we were talking about uh, giving and, and the contribution this morning. He compared that to his earthly father and how God, in, in the same way that God gives us good gifts, uh, and, and when our earthly parents give us good things and we understand that, then we make an effort to return to them a portion and a part of the goodness that they've given to us. Well, in the same way with God, we do the same thing spiritually. In Matthew chapter 25, we're not going to go through the entire story, but Jesus tells the, what we know as the parable of the talents. What's interesting in that story is there's a one-talent servant, a two-talent servant, and a five-talent servant. And, and, and each servant is given a different an, a, amount of responsibility, a different giftedness, a, a different uh, uh, strength, if you will, to use. But in the course of the story, the one, two, and the five became a zero, a four, and a, an eleven. Why? Because the five used his talents, doubled his, became ten, and was given the talent of the one who didn't use his. That one was taken from him. He became zero. And the two talent used his talent and made it four. Do you understand? That, that how you use your talents is not a linear thing. If you're a one-talent servant, you don't always have to remain a one-talent servant. What you have to do is use your talents in a way that glorifies God for the common good of the body. And when you do that, the Lord is pleased with that. He gives you more so we, we, we gotta start where we are using our gifts as a matter of faithful stewardship. You need to use as a faithful steward your gifts to glorify God. Let me give you this example. If you're a teacher, you teach in public schools or private schools or you homeschool, you have the gift of imparting knowledge, of, of explaining a principle or a concept or an idea and breaking it down and helping the students to understand so that when they leave your presence, they know more than they did when they came in. That's a good gift. 
Okay? And if you have that gift, you can use that for your career. You can use that to bless your, yourself and your family. Let me ask you this. Are, are you only using that gift for you? Or are you using that gift in a way that glorifies the Lord and for the common good of his body? You know, a, a, an expert teacher, someone with the gift of teaching, would go to Norma Banning and say, you know, I, I have the gift of teaching, I have the strength of teaching, and I'd like to use that gift. Now, Norma may be all full up on teachers and may say, we can't use you right now, but we'll work you in. You see, that person is using their gifts for the glory, for the common good of the kingdom. So my question is, are you using your gifts on just yourself? Or are you using them for God? Now, that, I to say teaching, you can pick any gift you want. You can pick any strength you want. And, and you have to ask the same question. Are you using it just for you or are you using it for God? You see, our gifts are, are not given to us just to be for us. Our gifts are designed for a purpose. Our strengths are given to us for a reason. Uh, Romans chapter 12 uh, is the, the scripture that was read, but we understand the basic principle of Romans chapter 12 is this. If your gift is this, then use it. You know, if your gift is teaching, then teach. If it is serving, then serve. If it is leadership, then lead. So the first step is recognizing your gift, and the second step is then using your gift in a way that glorifies God. The question is this. The question is not what are your gifts. The question is are you using them for God? That's the question. Uh, I'm convinced every person in here has at least one gift, one strength, one ability that is they've been complimented on it. They they use it in their day-to-day operation. But but the question is not do you have that? And you may have more. We've got many multi-talented servants here at Northside. But the question is, are you using those gifts for the glory of God? So at Northside, we want to help you. Our goal is to help everyone. Whatever point in the journey you are, our goal is to help you get closer to the Lord. And we want to help you by giving you the opportunity to find your strength and to use your strength and to plug in and get involved. And so Mark Yakely, our involvement minister, he's good at this. He's going to share with you about how you can do this and a cool opportunity uh, of a way that you can find out the opportunities to serve at Northside and to plug in and to use your gifts better. Mark? I thought about running up here the way Toby does, but I decided against that. As Toby has been reminding us this morning, the Holy Spirit gives each Christian spiritual gifts. Uh, A few of those gifts are things like serving, uh, teaching, encouraging, contributing, showing mercy, administration. Have you ever wondered what gift or gifts the Spirit has given you? Well, I think one way to find out is to think about different ways that you have served already in the church and then ask yourself, what gives me the most joy? What what, what have I done that energizes me? For example, do you enjoy 
Uh, do you get a lift when you go to the hospital to visit somebody? If you do, you probably have the gift of showing mercy or encouragement. Does it give you joy to organize a church event? If so, maybe you have the gift of leadership or administration. Do you enjoy the unglamorous work uh, that we need done sometimes, like washing dishes? You might have the gift of serving. You know, if you think about it, it's not hard to figure out how God has gifted you. But once you figure that out, how do you find ways to use those gifts? Well, here's one answer. Toby's already kind of given you a, sort of a commercial about this. Make sure you attend the ministry fair on Sunday morning, February the 10th. It's going to be in the fellowship hall. It's going to start at 830 in the morning and will continue after worship is over that day. What are you going to see and hear that day? Well, you're going to see and hear lots of ways that you can use your gifts here to serve others at Northside. There will be 25 different ministries that will have displays set up to show you how you are needed. And seven different ministry leaders are going to give us quick talks about ways that you can volunteer. And finally, then you're going to get an involvement survey. We do this every year. It's going to list almost 200 jobs that we need volunteers for. I plan to see you there. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. Um, I appreciate getting a little break during my sermon. That's really nice to do that more often. As Mark told you about the ministry fair, I hope that you'll plan to attend that. That will be a, um, a good thing and a good way to recognize here are opportunities. How can I use my strengths, my gifts, the abilities, not really that are mine, but that are on loan to me from God? How can I use those to honor and bless him and do a common good for the kingdom? One final thing. You'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as we finish this challenge. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 is well known as the gift on, or the scripture on love. Really, it's not talking about love, at least not in the way we think of it. Paul's talking about spiritual gifts. He's talking to a church of people that use their gift only for their own benefit. And Paul was saying, these gifts that you have, eventually they're going to pass away from the church. But may we use whatever gifts and strengths and abilities God's given us in a certain kind of way. Now, if you're with me in 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to read this is on page 1,230. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have, if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. See, we, we've got to use our strength not out of duty, not out of obligation, but out of love. First John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. Uh, when, God, when we consider the goodness and the joy of love and how lavishly God has poured that out to us, it causes us to respond by using the gifts and the strengths he's given us uh, and showing that, that same kind of love to others. Let me give you 1 Corinthians 13 in a 
NSV, the Northside version. If I cook a Wednesday night meal but have not love, I'll be burned out and want to quit, and I will feed no one. If I lead a class but do not have love, no one will learn about the heart of God. Oh, they'll learn facts and figures, but they won't learn about the heart of our Father. If I preach without love, I'm nothing but hot air. If I greet people without love, I will only make myself and those that I greet feel very awkward. If I give up an evening every Thursday to lead those who are hurting, but I do that without love, it will make no impact on the lives of hurting people. If I surrender myself to work with teens but have not love, I'll work with them but will lose the next generation. And we understand that using our gifts is important. Using our strengths to glorify God is important. But it's not about our strength. It's about his strength. It's not about glorifying ourselves. It's about glorifying him. It's about being a steward and returning to him even more so than he's given to us. As we close, let me ask you this. Let me think, ask you to think about this. We're to love God with all of our strength. But you know there's one thing that you cannot do of your own strength, that you are powerless, you, that you are incapable of doing it. It's like trying to go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. It's just not going to work. You are powerless to save yourself. You are powerless by your own strength, by your own might, by your own wisdom, by your own knowledge to save yourself. You are weak. You need the strength of God. And if you don't know the Lord, he sent his son that you might know him. The scripture's already been shown on the screen this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So my my question for you this morning is, will you follow him? Will you seek the son? Or will you try to get there on your own? Will you try to go by your own strength? Uh, We have strength from him. May we use it to glorify him. If you are not all in, I want to invite you to be all in by confessing Jesus as Lord and putting behind you the old life. Now, if you Checked out of my sermon a long time ago and started reading Romans chapter 6. I want to invite you back in. Uh, The way to come to to Christ is to be united with Christ in baptism. to, To be buried just as he was buried. To be raised just as he was raised. And to walk in newness of life. If you're reading that and you think, well, I haven't done that. I haven't done the simple biblical instruction. I want to invite you to do that this morning. We'd be glad to help you with that need or any other need. Whatever you might need of us, please come now as together we stand and sing.